listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at PharmacyPodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello and welcome again to Occupation Station. I'm Diane Donato. Our guest today is Salah El Saheb. He's an Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences 06 graduate. So happy to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here as well. You're the executive director, evidence generation leader with U.S. Medical Affairs for Genentech. That's quite a title. We work within interventional type studies. Uh, we work on clinical trials with investigators that provide therapy to the patients, and we monitor their data and provide data that fill in gaps within the molecule that our customers feel like are needed for them to feel more comfortable to be able to understand our therapy and how it functions in the patient population that they're prescribing it to. Well, that's very interesting. What is a a day in the life like then for you? Oh, so uh, right now it's always changing. Uh, uh, We always have to adapt to what's going on within um, the competitive landscape. My role specifically, I focus on leading a team that consists of clinical operations, biostatisticians, as well as data scientists. And the idea behind it is we partner with our medical colleagues. So the goal about what I'm always trying to make sure is we're constantly being more efficient and effective with the way that we conduct our trials so that we're able to bring therapies out to patients as quickly as possible in as little amount of burden as possible to the patients and to the investigators. My typical days are meeting across the company with different therapeutic area experts within our company, also externally too, so that we can continually advance talks about how we want to conduct our trials, either if their trials are being run by us at Genentech or Roche Pharmaceuticals, or if uh, as well as trials that are being run by investigators themselves and just need our support in certain aspects to be able to support their trials and getting them enrolled as quickly as possible. Sounds like you interface with a lot of different people with a lot of different skill sets. What are some of the key skills required for success, do you think, in this field? In this field, a lot of strategy, planning, Project management is going to be key because you always have to juggle different things that are going on at the same time. And then as you further your career, uh, people management and leadership are going to be other skills that really need to be as sharp as possible to ensure that your team are engaged, you're hearing them, and you're serving them into the best way possible for us to be able to deliver as a company on our mission and values. What kind of advice would you have for students who might be interested in following this uh, in health economics and outcome research and, and might wonder how you developed your skills? Oh, yes. So that, that, that takes time. You don't come in as an expert off the bat. Uh, I think when you come in, you have to feel like you're, you're going to be a sponge. You're just constantly going to need to be able to absorb everything that you're hearing and learning from other leaders in the organization. It's not something that you can truly get trained in at school, but you can ensure that you're fine-tuning those skills along the way while you're at school. What I realize is how I organized my time studying for classes, getting from, you know, from one class to the next, 
being able to prepare myself for exams or clerkships was something that helped me become a better project manager coming in with my organizational skills. And then with the pharmacy background, it allows me to understand my disease areas that I'm going to be focused on while I'm in my present role, as well as it gives me a better idea of looking at the mechanism of action of the molecules that we'll be working on. And then the last piece about being at school, especially at pharmacy school, is the patient interactions. So as a pharmacist and during your clerkships, you really fine-tune how to improve those patient interactions and understanding what they're looking for when you do speak to them. So it really helped guide me on how to manage my teams, the vendors I work with, so that we can create useful material for patients on clinical trials. Earlier on in your career, you were involved with clinical operations. What are some of the key challenges that you faced? And then what would you say were some of your key successes along the way? Well, early on, my biggest challenge was I really had no idea what clinical operations did. And then working, uh, initially, I started off working just at the U.S. level and then uh, moving into a global uh, level later on. You have to be able to learn to network with folks in your area, be able to be comfortable with yourself to ask questions along the way, be able to learn from different folks so that you can continually improve and be stronger and hopefully as effective as possible uh, so that you can then mold everything you've learned into something you're comfortable being. But after that, things become a little easier for you. And as things get a little easier, that's when you strive for for a different role or a, a more broader role. I would think learning to network early helps you understand about opportunities that otherwise you might not even realize exist. Correct. And you have to have this growth mindset. That's another big uh, thing that you really need. So you have the networking and then the growth mindset where you're not willing to settle for just getting that role correct. You want to continually learn and grow within the organization. Well, we are going to be back in just a couple of moments to talk about fellowships. First, though, we have a message from Dr. Greg Dewey, president of ACPHS. What does student-centeredness mean? Isn't every college student-centered? No, every college is not student-centered. There are some colleges that are faculty-centered. There are some colleges that are research-centered. Student-centeredness is not a given, but the student-centeredness is about putting the student first. And that's the lens that you have to have. So if you create a one-stop shop where students can get all their registration and housing and all these things done in one fell swoop, that's student-centered. It may require more manpower, may not be the most efficient thing, but it's student-centered. I can come in and teach at this high, high level and blow the class away and they won't understand a thing I'm saying. I might feel pretty good about how smart I am, but that's not student-centered. The student-centeredness teaching is getting down to their level, making sure they understand basic concepts before you go forward means I have to work harder as a teacher. The student experience is the entire scope of things that happen to them throughout their years in college. It's not just about their classroom work. It's what happens inside the classroom, what happens outside the classroom. It's about the connections they make, it's about the networks they build. It is about their ease of registering for classes or their experience in the with clubs or athletics or how much they like the dining hall. Also about what happens in the lecture hall. So it's the whole spectrum of things. And it's our goal is to make sure they have the best student experience possible that will set them up for successful careers as they go forward. 
And we are back with Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences class of 06 grad Salah El Saheb. He's an executive director, evidence generation leader, U.S. medical affairs for Genentech. We want to know more about fellowships. You were a Rutgers postdoctoral fellow at Hoffman LaRoche. We want to know what that experience was like and then also what advice you would give to students on whether or not they should pursue fellowships. No, definitely. Um, It was a great experience. The fellowship gives you a mentorship that's very tough to come by if you are just to apply for a role in general. And it helps accelerate your career. So from an experience standpoint, I remember during my two years of fellowship, my mentors, my preceptors constantly found ways to give me experiences that would expose me as much as possible in a very short duration. Otherwise, if I started uh, within an organization, it's a lot tougher to be able to navigate and give that type of mentorship to an individual. So I was very fortunate to be able to get into the fellowship program and get this experience. What the fellowship does is it really helps speed up your career. The roles that you come out of the fellowship, typically they're roles that take anywhere between five to 10 years to get into. And on top of the experience, it provided us with a very large uh, network of friends or colleagues. So within the organization and within the university that the fellowship is a part of, those are very important aspects of being in the industry because you really need to be able to lean on your network, on your colleagues and friends along the way. Now, it doesn't mean that if you don't get into a fellowship that you can't get into industry. There are other opportunities to do it. And what I always recommend to people that if the fellowship doesn't work out, continue finding another alternative way to get in. And there are different entry-level roles you can do if it's not within a pharmaceutical company, it's with the vendors that they work with. But the, the fellowship experience itself, if you're looking to get into industry, is a great way to come in and help accelerate your career and give you that broadest network that you could probably get than going on your own. Sounds like if you have the opportunity to do one, it's a very efficient use of your time. Yes, 100%. I have zero regrets, and I keep recommending to anyone that's in pharmacy school to continue that path if they feel the industry path is the way they want to go. Let's talk a little bit about your time in Albany at ACPHS. How did that help to prepare you for your career? Well, one were uh, the professors. They really helped me during the time of when I was looking or seeking opportunities, when I knew I didn't want to potentially go into retail pharmacy, just speaking to different professors, helping them understand that I had a business aspect of what I was looking at. Like I wanted something with a business background in addition to pharmacy. And when speaking to different professors, the industry came up. They connected me with different preceptors, So during my clerkships, I would have had early conversations with them, and it would help facilitate me being able to get an elective within the industry. Also, throughout the interview process, pre- and post-interview process within the fellowship, um, just preparing me through that whole process. And then the training that I got within the pharmacy school. So just as a pharmacist, being able to give me, uh, I remember we had to do presentation classes. I did not realize how important that was going to be for industry, as well as the knowledge of the different therapies and the classes that they belong to. So coming out of school, it really allowed me to be able to speak to my colleagues within the fellowship program, 
and have stronger and deeper conversations. Would you have any advice for ACPHS students who are interested specifically in industry careers? Oh, yes. Um, Take the opportunity to, to speak to your professors, to your faculty on where are their industry uh, rotations, internships, clerkships, and and don't stop there. If there aren't ones available to you in the areas you're looking for, seek them out. People are waiting with an industry to help one another. And if they see that there's someone that's eager and motivated, they will find a way to be able to bring you in to do these rotations. What I've noticed now in the years after the fellowship program, but I'm continually interviewing folks through uh, for the fellowship program, more and more people are seeking out these internships at different companies with different preceptors, and that's going to be key. Don't, don't stop if you feel that there aren't any opportunities directly available to you. Keep seeking them out. So the next piece of um, when you do get in, even if it's in an area that you figured out that it might not be of interest to you long term, The great thing about doing these internships or rotations is that you can also network with other colleagues outside of that function or group. And by doing that, it gives you more exposure to the different groups, what they do, and potentially they can give you projects along the way to give you exposure to what they do. So then if that helps fine-tune where you would like to start your career within industry, that will get you just one step closer to ultimately getting to that career you're looking for after pharmacy school. I think that's an incredible benefit for our students to hear from professionals like you as they're looking to carve out their careers. Thank you so much for your time today. You're most welcome, and I I appreciate the time you spent with me as well. For more information or to schedule a tour, visit acphs.edu. You can tune in to all of our informative stories at acphs.edu forward slash podcast. Each podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart giving you the opportunity to listen from a mobile device. Mark Occupation Station as a favorite, and you'll receive push notifications as soon as we publish something new. Occupation Station is also a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, the largest podcast content directory dedicated to the business and profession of pharmacy.